0: Right, welcome back to The Glass Dagger, brought to you by Inroads Ministries and the MinMax Podcast. I will be your Dungeon Master, Jeff Romo, and I'm joined by... Alan Mowers, who is playing Simeon Dersman, your
1: resident mystic halfling.
2: Ashley Mowers, who is playing Lieutenant General Hal Rothius Hughes, the GIF gunslinger.
3: And Kyle Steinbrick, who is playing the Dragonborn Monk Grimace.
0: All right, let's jump into the episode. Thanks for joining us. Instead of the black screen, we actually start with um, a severely out-of-focus shot. Um, the only thing that's focused is this middle portion of the screen, um, and we see this, um, this, the grains of wood. Uh, there's, there's along the wood, we, the camera kind of scopes along it and, and moves along this, uh, this, this wood and we see little um, uh, stains of blood. Uh, we see uh, indentions, uh, there's, there's bits of chips in the wood, we see places where it's been sanded off. And eventually the camera speeds up until we actually see an enormous, slightly scaled hand. And the camera swings around and we start to see some focus. It starts to stutter a little bit and, and shake. And, and we're trying to keep up with what's going on. And the sound is starting to uh, speed up. It's going from that slow motion groan into the, the, the action sequence. The music continues to start pulsing into our ears. And we see in front of Grimace, he's, he's in fighting stance. He's just delivered a, a massive blow to this, this short and diminutive figure but the figure seems to have shaken off most of it. And his face is starting to change and elongate, and he's giving out the warning that, oh, you should be running right now. You should be running. It's still Grimace's turn. And he owes us another strike.
3: Oh, heck yeah, so smoked him with the quarterstaff and then just carrying my momentum around in a circle bring my foot up to also connect with his face and as I do so just say nope not gonna happen that is a 20 overall to hit that is a hit 6 more points of damage
0: so as you as you swing around and you connect with him, where are you kicking him? Are you kicking him in the head as well, or what I, yeah?
3: I think I'm just following up on that same sweet spot and just
0: boom, boom. Okay. So you. Uh, the the camera follows your foot in, right? It's this horrible, like just the static and shaking mom- momentum of your foot. Uh, the there's striations on the edge of the camera frame as we as we fly in towards this creature's face, and as the face is elongating, he bears his teeth, his his lips back. This 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 horrible rat-like visage, and we see teeth and fangs coming out. But your foot connects, and smash! There's the teeth. Co- there's a couple of teeth that break off. And we see them fly off and clatter to the stone and land next to the dice that uh, Lieutenant Hal had just thrown into the room a moment ago. And you land back on your feet, and uh, the, the rat looks to have taken a bit of that blow as well. Not as much damage as you were hoping, but it it affected him. It affected him. All right, my turn. My turn to go. And the, the figure who has taken the most hits from you guys, he's, he's been shot. He's been stabbed. He has been lightninged. And he's none too pleased about it. And you see the, uh, the tall human with red hair. It's, he's got blood that's dripping down. He, he steps back. A little bit, trying to get a a, a, a small like one foot, two foot amount of distance away. Um, At his hip, you see there's a a mace that's dangling from his belt. The the haft of it, the the camera is kind of sweeping up and from his foot, uh, from his feet, and all the way up, and we see that the haft of it is uh, is like a coiled or a a stretched out snake with scales, and the head of the haft is uh, is a uh, like a python type uh, visage and uh, his hand rests on it for a moment. And we see a spark of, of magic come from it and he, his left hand comes up and forms this, uh, this odd looking shape in front of him, his fingers contorting into odd, uh, odd shapes that don't quite seem natural, but he manages to pull them off and he flings his hand forward, aiming for the, uh, the, uh, the gif. Um, If I could have you roll for me, a dexterity save, Lieutenant. 19. Nice. So his hand comes forward and his fingers extend out of that contorted shape. And you see a burst of orange and then it descends into the sickly yellow and down into a brown and then into a green um, pulsing burst of light that vaguely uh, is reminiscent of a snake's head as it comes towards you and hisses past your head and impacts on the wall behind you across the, uh, the tunnel. And he, uh, uh, this figure, he, he, he hisses in frustration and, and he, he's, he takes that hand back and he puts it back to his chest where he's been cut and, uh, and the bursting hole of the, the gunshot wound is still there as he's pressing his blood uh, back into his body. That's all he can do because Hal, it's your turn.
2: After jumping out of the way of that terrifying uh, moment, I think he's gonna aim and, and shoot at him again. Oh, not as good. 13.
0: That is a hit.
2: No way. All right. Um, eight points of damage..
0: Whew. Your bullet tears into him and he he's he, he staggers back with the impact of the hit. There's just no question about it. There's just so much force behind this, this ball round. I, I, I think it's, is it a spherical round? That's not quite a bullet, right? It's kind of like a like musket shot or... or uh, well, I, um, I
2: have a musket. This is the pistol that I'm shooting with. So I'm
0: imagining... The pistol. Well, I, well, I guess I'm... Uh, it's like a black powder yeah. armament, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, so it, it punches into him and it, he, he staggers back uh, under the impact. And uh, you see blood coming uh, from his chest again, but this time you actually see it burst out from his back as well. Uh, and he is not looking good. And you're starting to see little emanations of wisping magic around his shoulders and, uh, and emanating from his eyes as he's uh, starting to try and chant something in the hissing language. Uh, does anybody here speak Undercommon? Yes. Hm. Oh goody goody gumdrops. <laughs> Sim, it's your turn. And you're starting to hear him mutter prayers at this point. And he's mentioning the great the great coiling and relentless death deal death dealing of his great god Seth. And he prays for this coils to come and protect him and shield him from these interlopers. And it's your turn.
1: Uh, I think Sim, while he's pulling another uh, bolt back, is just going to speak out an undercommon as well, a- and just lock eyes with him as he's sighting. And uh, he's going to—he's going to uh, he's gonna say, "Your God's not going to protect you this day. That co- the, only this- the only death that will be in this—the only death that will be in here—is you." Ah,
0: shooty shoot. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so freaking perfect. Okay.
1: Come, on. Come uh, on. I do. I have to call inspiration before.
0: Um, you need to. It, I would prefer it if you did before, okay. but because you're such good players. Okay, so you're going to use inspiration yep. on this. Okay. Let it be so.
1: Okay, it's a natural six on the first one. Okay. Two
0: sixes, uh, so it's an eleven to hit. Okay, um, yeah. Unfortunately, I think the uh, the quarrel goes uh, or the bolt goes wide as uh, as you as you pull your pull the trigger. You want to move in? You want to like get up close to him?
1: Do I have a line of sight on whatever the rat is?
0: Uh, yeah, you're seeing him shift. You're, you're, you're kind of like seeing between the movement of, uh, of Grimace as he's kind of shifting back and forth and, and like attacking and punching and, 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 uh, and kicking. Okay. Uh, yeah, you can see this creature changing.
1: I think... Uh, I think I would probably... I think Sim would probably move into the room just a little bit or begin to move into the room just a little bit, just making sure that he's got a good line of sight on both of them. If possible,
0: yeah, yeah, you could um, you could move in five feet and maybe skirt to the right. Yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm thinking. Just kind of stay along the wall. Yeah, yeah, and you can keep keep some distance from them. That's that's perfectly fine. And that that'll kind of like the way I'm picturing it is that uh, this this uh, the snake priest is inside the room and to the left. Like when you're facing inside, mm-hmm. the rat creature and uh, grimace are straight ahead in combat. Lieutenant Hal is is kind of taking up half the door doorframe um, and shooting, and then you slip in to the right, and you're kind of keeping your your distance to where you can see both of them, but you're, you know, maybe like ten feet away from the priest, and maybe you know five five to ten feet away from the the two combatants. Yeah, does that that sound about good? I think that sounds
1: good. Uh, as my bonus action, I'm definitely going to be switching my uh, psionic focus from diminution to uh, iron durability, which
0: uh bumps my ac by one nice i like it i like it okay that is a good round for sim uh, we go back to our shifting creature the creature completes their change they they're still upright but their their face is that of a uh of a, of a horrifying amalgamation of rat and human uh, the eyes are blackish and narrowed, and the, the muzzle is elongated, but there's this, this just unnatural intelligence within the eyes and the, the gestures and, and facial features that the way he moves and, and the way the ticks are, you can tell there's some kind of human within there. Uh, it, it lunges forward at Grimace and attempts to try and bite him. Uh, here we go. Does an eleven hit? Nope. Mugger. Hovered. Okay. Um, he uh, he reaches up with a uh, um, a hand and and pulls a uh, pulls a uh, short sword out and we'll have it ready for the next round. But uh, he's staying engaged with you and he's now just muttering in some kind of weird tongue that you it, it's just gibberish basically to you you hear like the screeching of rat sounds that sort mm. of thing and it's sniffing at you and, and, and just circling you trying to like get in a good hit uh, but it's your turn all right I
3: am just gonna double back on him go in for the quarter staff again two-handed swing 21 to hit yep <laughs> yes. I'm all over this guy right now uh, that is five points of damage for that. Okay. And then follow up with, I think my knee this time. Uh, 16.
0: 16, that is a hit as well. For four points of damage on that one. Yeah, I think the, uh, the knee comes up and, and clocks him and you can see that uh, his jaw is now broken yeah i think you've taken his bite out of the fight at this point because the uh, it, just the, the just repetitive hits to the head mm-hmm. i mean he's just yeah he's getting hurt uh, he's still on his feet you're, you're you're so used to your hits doing more mm-hmm. damage than this but for some reason there's some kind of odd preternatural protections that's going that are going on right here um i'm assuming you're going to stay in place you're going to hold your yep. ground here okay all right next one up uh, let's see here. The uh, the priest um, worried, afraid, but still maintaining control and maintaining faith in his his dark serpentine god uh, completes his uh, his his divine incantation, and uh, he basically he he pulls his hand off of the mace and he he makes this these odd gestures and contortions with his fingers and finishes the symbology and as his hands apart that symbology remains in place and starts to contort and split and break apart into multi uh, multiple forms of light Uh, these these dark kind of greenish and, and brown and sallow colored lights and they spread out around them and uh, they start to have these contrails of of uh, wisping magical. Um, it just it feels so filthy. It feels so just. It, it, I guess for lack of a better term, it feels like intimately gross. I guess it's a way to feel it because it's just that spine crawling feel as these these uh, these wisps of magic start to emanate out from him um, in this horrifying aura. And uh, let's see here. Sim, you're on the edge of this. You're not quite in it, but Hal and Grimace, you start to feel um, just like you're like you're fighting underwater. You're starting to feel your movement. It's like it's like you're trying to move through water, but uh, I, I would say it's more like you're trying to move through grease or, or some kind of disgusting filth oil. And that is his turn. So Hal, it's your turn. First things first though, I need you to give me a wisdom saving throw, please. Oh, just not gonna be good, I don't.
2: <laughs> That's a five.
0: Okay, you are gonna take nine points of necrotic damage. Ooh. As these these horrifying lights just start to crawl across your skin, it feels like these little snakes are just slithering all around the, the 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 parts of your skin exposed from the armor, and just slithering in inside of your armor. It's like you're almost under your skin and just pushing against the toughness of your hide, um, and just leaving behind that necrotic filth. But it is your turn. Okay. You are your speed in this area is effectively half. So just to to kind of give you that heads up, Um, and you can go. Your turn.
2: All right. Um, He uh, he's gonna like bear down and grit his teeth and get one more shot off. Okay. Uh, Nineteen. That's a hit. Five points of damage.
0: All right. He rolled an 18, so he maintains the spell, unfortunately. But that is some pretty freaking good damage. Um, Yeah. So where do you shoot him? Are you still going center of mass? Where do you you hit him?
2: No, I think in, in this case, I'm trying because I have now at least understood that he has to, like use use gestures and things to be able to do some of this or at least it looks like it to him Mm -hmm. he's probably going to be shooting in his arms just to try to like maim him in some way
0: yeah no that's that's actually really good because i think you um i think yeah you i think you blow apart his left hand or left arm like you hit him right in the forearm and i think it shatters that arm um it's like barely hanging on by the flesh and bone um, where you where it just breaks it apart i think we've seen enough you know s- civil war uh, films or, or pictures to see just how damaging this this type of of, of of firepower can be to the human body so yeah it it's grim and you hit uh, do you wish to move at all
2: i'm not gonna move but i'm gonna um bonus action second wind
0: okay excellent yeah roll it up
2: Okay, seven plus, plus one, so that's eight.
0: Nice. Excellent roll. That's a d10, right, you're rolling? Yeah. Well, that's pretty good. Seven, that's just above average. Nice work. Excellent. Very good. Okay, so um, Sim, it's your turn.
1: Uh, I think Sim would be firing the crossbow again, and I think under his breath as he's sighting up on this caster, um, mm-hmm. he definitely would just whispers like, uh, Rosie, a little help right now would be real
2: helpful.
1: And he's gonna just take an extra second to breathe and then fire off a shot at it.
4: He
0: calls upon the darkness of the grave. Stop him. Disrupt him.
1: So close. I know, that's why I'm trying to ask you to help me. Come on now. Get get with the program, Rosie. <laughs> that's a natural 18 for a 23 yeah. to hit. <laughs>
0: uh, why am I rooting for you to kill my creations? <laughs> oh,
1: and that's max damage. Nice. Uh, that's 11 points of damage.
0: So what does it look like when you kill the priest? <laughs>
1: Uh, I think in that, I think in that moment he's sighting up on him. I think Sim and hearing what Rosie's saying and fighting, fighting with her in that same moment. I think he's just gonna shoot him in his stupid mouth. I think it's just he's aiming center mass and then I think just drifts a little bit upward and just shoots him like through the underside of the jaw up into his mouth.
0: So I think like when you, when you pull the pull the trigger on the crossbow. Your, I think your eye slows down along with it, right? And we see the, uh, the, uh, the bolt come from the crossbow in slow motion. We're watching it through your eyes. And as you sight down that, uh, the flying projectile, you see a ghostly emanation of Rosie. She ghosts by the form of, of Grimace. And you see her almost kind of heft a little bit towards him. And moves him slightly, and, and it's almost like the flow of his movement is slightly altered, just ever so much. Hmm. And the bolt goes right past his back. You can you actually see the parts of his his clothing flutter as the bolt flies by, and then speed re- she, she disappears in a wisp of of, of smoke and leaves and and uh, almost like you almost feel like a summer wind on your face, and. whoom! right into that uh that priest's face just as you described and he the the all of the uh the spirits that were flying around these snake spirits just drop and you see them slithering on the stone floor squirming and and dying until they finally break apart as the priest breathes his last nice work dude (laughs) So where do you where, do you want to move at all or are you good with where you're at?
1: I think I would try to move strategically into a better tactical position to try okay. to assist uh Grimace. So not so much like not so I'm shooting through Grimace, but try to get around the other side so I can flank this guy. Not not okay. for any like mechanical benefit, just from a tactics standpoint.
0: Got it. Okay. Possibly my last act as an NPC. <laughs> we'll see what happens. This, this figure grasps his short sword as his left hand comes up to the ruin of his jaw. And he's, he's hissing in, in, in unannunciable uh, curses at you as he swings the short sword. And he's going to come at you uh, with two strikes to try and uh, just return damage for damage. He is messed up. So a six and an eleven. Nope. All right. Um, yeah, he's he's swinging wildly and blood, and he he spits out another tooth and his fractured jaw is being held up with his left hand as he's swinging the short sword and thrusting with it, just to no effect. I think you just you just bat it aside easily. You know, you're you're just spinning your quarter staff and just knocking it aside. Uh, Grimace. It is your turn. All right. I'm going to. Carry those two
3: blows and then come back with my own. Quarterstaff first. Uh, 14. Uh, 14, Let me go back to him. Yes, that's All it. right. Seven points of damage. All right. So I think I'm I'm changing tacks now that I've wailed on him in the face a few too many times. I'm going lower now and kind of sweeping at his knees, and then I'm going to try and just kind of kick his legs out from under him with the second martial okay. arts strike. Uh, Fifteen. That's a hit. On that one. Four points of damage. Okay. How do you do it, man? I think just like I said, as he's he's taking these swings at me i i knock him aside with my quarterstaff and then i bring it up in an arc and kind of a a downward diagonal sweep um kind of catch him at the hip with my quarterstaff to throw him off balance and then just sweep his legs out from under him and i imagine he just goes over backwards and his head just comes down hard on the
0: ground yeah oh man that's so perfect he he collapses just as you described and his his face and his his hands start to you know shrink in on themselves and his face elongates further and you hear the crunching of bone and as his jaw fully dislocates and he resolves into the form of a giant rat and it twitches once twice and then gasps its last as it uh, as it dies on the stone floor and uh we exit combat as you have defeated both enemies in this room and the silence is deafening
2: i think i think hal kind of walks in and sheepishly starts picking up his dice <laughs>
0: <laughs> so as you as you do that when you go over there the dice landed near there's, like, a couple of sets of rat teeth here mm-hmm. as well, like some fangs or whatever. You see this this kind of amorphous form that was next to the wall there. Um, you see the... Uh, I think you see a couple of hands that you recognize. There's, there's a, 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 basically a, a, a blanket that's been thrown over us, and you see blood coming out from underneath. You see... Just little glints of purplish shards on the ground. I'll pull the the
2: blanket that's covering them.
0: Yeah, it's gobs, unfortunately.
1: think sim's probably simultaneously as hal's moving over there sim's going to be moving to the table and he's taking a look at this book that's on the
0: table so the book on the table is um it's full of arcane symbolism um there is there is descriptions of the treatment of ancient relics. I mean, the current page that it's on is how to um, is how to reclaim uh, diminished power. Uh, is kind of like the 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 long and short of what you're seeing because it's actually a mixture of elvish and undercommon, and there's mm-hmm. enough undercommon in there for you to actually pick up on some of the things that are being said. Um, so, uh, the, the object that's drawn there looks to be a, uh, a buckler of some kind. Cause you see it in the hand, in the, on the arm of, uh, like a, the shape, you know, how you have like the, uh, 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 what's that called? The man that's like kind of standing in an X the, I forgot the name of that. It's the one that Da Vinci drew. It's the, oh, there's um, like a, there's, I forgot what the name of it is, but it's, it's like that. It's basically like the drawing of a human and you see the buckler in its left arm and, and, um. Uh, and these notes that are all along those the that particular uh, set of pages that are open to it um, there's a couple of the items that are on the uh the desktop desktop the uh, the tabletop um the uh there are two dagger length wrapped objects uh they're wrapped in leather and uh, uh they're resting there and there is uh single pouch that is resting there as well
1: i think sim in his excitement would probably turn around uh and open his mouth like he was gonna say something and then see what's what hal revealed and then just go oh yeah That's unfortunate. Are you all right, Hal? Yeah,
4: yeah. It's fine.
1: Uh,
4: are you sure? What I say? Is that fine?
1: Alright, um, this book has a few interesting things in uh, uh, what I think is elvish and undercommon. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to go ahead and tuck the book into my bag. And also, it appears that there are a few objects in this table. So um, I think Sim is going to grab his pencil and then use it to like carefully open the wrappings without touching anything. <laughs> On, uh, like, the dagger length objects, think like crime scene investigator. Yeah. So he's like opening yeah. the objects just so I can see what actually is there.
0: Um, there are two, what look to be very similar to the glass daggers you've seen before. Or I think you've seen one other one, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So far. Um, very similar to that. They actually are carved in the same way, the shape is the exact same, but. It's It's almost like it's made out of Like a cheap purplish glass Now give me a Give me an arcana check
1: That's one I'm good at Total of 23
0: (laughs) These are are Dormant relics The one that you saw was active
1: I think Sim is going to Actively pull the book Back out of his satchel <laughs> And set it on top of the table And try to flip back through to where he was Catching words of That might pertain to it
0: Yeah Um. Give me a, an investigation check And then while you're doing that Grimace what are you, uh, what are you doing It's a total of nine
3: Grimace is Stepping back and watching he's for the last several seconds just kind of staring at the lifeless gobs, and he's he's clearly just livid and he's kind of processing and he's kinda of like he's he's paying some degree of attention to what Sim's doing, and he gives Hal a couple of looks and I think as Sim's kind of starting to dig through the book he looks over at the daggers and destroy those things they're evil destroy them now
1: Uh, hold on break them Sim I would like to study them so we understand what we are going up against Know your enemy.
3: What I know is, my enemy could have two less of those things to use against the people who are supposed to be our friends.
1: Not if they're in our possession. Hmm.
3: I don't know about that.
0: There's a there's a brief moment. You have that uh, sim. You you that smell of uh, of summer wind again. Little flowers on the air. And you, I think your eyes kind of glance over. I don't know if maybe you physically look over. Or maybe it's just part of you that's kind of mentally looking in that direction. And you see Rosie's is, is ghostly form is, uh, is crouched over, over Gobb's. I think she's actually kneeling down on her haunches and she's resting her hands on him. And she looks back over at you and you see um, these twinkles of uh, starlight that are kind of dribbling down her cheeks. Tears. And, uh, she says, uh, not everything must break, but we must break some things to make others stronger. And, uh, she looks back down at, uh, Gobbs, and, uh, she kind of slowly rests her head down, kind of like she's kind of laying down on the form and you see her shudder a little bit. You've seen her cry before. And uh, she kind of shudders, and as she does, she kind of her spirit kind of sinks into gobs and then disappears.
1: I think how you guys see that is initially you just he's looking at you, grimace, and I think as it transpires, he's just kind of you see him just kind of drifting. He's just staring at Gobbs, and for a long time, like uncomfortably long time, as this is happening. <sighs> I think it's very important to understand what these are and understand exactly what it is they were actually trying to do. Information helps. Hmm.
4: Where do you plan on keeping them? Do you have a workshop? Do you have a place to stay? Something secure? well no not presently
1: but um I mean there's always the library I could I th- that is a little bit far away
4: um I mean I could just keep them on my person and what happens if something happens to you
1: I mean that's not an unfair inquiry but um
3: and what are you gonna do when we go back to the boys and if they see that you're holding those things I'm telling you lad there'll be hell to pay for keeping those things around no good can come of it there are other ways to learn about our enemies
1: Hal Lieutenant General Sir?
4: Yeah. What do you think? I think you have no secure place to keep those weapons. I think we were hired to do a specific job. And to my estimation, we've done it. So I say we go back... We bury him, we collect, we leave. This is far bigger than what we were contracted to get involved with. Agreed.
1: By my estimation, and what little I've read about this type of thing and what I'm seeing here and what I can understand is these are not active. These are just shards of glass.
4: I think it's worth understanding. So why do you need those particular shards of glass if it's just glass now?
1: I mean, that's a fair question. I just don't fully understand whether or not these are ancient... And whether there are only a certain amount of these around. And if there were only a certain amount, it would be a shame to destroy them outright without fully understanding what actually can happen.
4: Okay, then what can you figure out here?
1: Well, I'm... Unless one of you happen to contain a working knowledge or thesaurus on how to read Elvish, that's not something that I can do right now. I need books i need resources
4: look at where we are
1: that's why i'm suggesting i bring them back discreetly to where where
4: are you planning on going to find all these books Do you know what district we were just in
1: yes but i come from a place where i <sighs> never understand how much to tell you people I grew up in a library. I grew up as a scholar. Books are what I do. Information is what I do. Then why did you come here? In search of more. Specific things that my particular establishment didn't contain. But now you're wanting to go back. I'm saying it's an option. I haven't read everything cover to cover. I know they contain tomes on Elvish. It's a pretty common language. I just haven't taken the time to figure it out yet. Being, understand the, being able to understand the Fae was
3: a little bit more interesting when I was younger. For all we know, our enemies are dead on the floor and we're done with this. We can put these things in the ground forever and we're done. And we don't have to worry about what they can do. Because no one else will ever know they existed. We can put an end to it. Now. If they're out there... As the lieutenant general said, what happens if something happens to you, Sim? Somebody else gets their hands on it. Now who knows how many more people start to learn those secrets. Start to search for those same bits of knowledge. And then it becomes a whole web of Problems.
1: I think people are already searching for them right I want to know who sent them yes this is bigger than us and yeah I mean I I, I basically was in this for uh, for an advanced bestiary but this is interesting
4: so you are jeopardizing our safety for your side project Because it's interesting. I'm not saying I'm jeopardizing anyone. We are telling you, this feels like a bad idea.
3: I think at this point Grimace is going to basically walk over and, like, scruff Sim and pull him over towards Gobbs' body and, like, force him to be looking at Gobbs' body and say, This is what those things did. This is the legacy of those things. This is what they have to offer. We've got dead friends. We've got to go back and explain that. You remember, we've got a dead kobold wrapped up in the theater from earlier tonight.
1: And I would like to remind you, and Sim is just turning and looking at him square back in the face... This is not the first dead body I've seen, and it will
3: not be the last. You think it's mine?
1: I'm trying to do my best to understand how it happened so we can try to keep it from happening again. God forbid more of these actually exist. I don't want to see more of them. And if they do exist, and perhaps someone else has one in them right now, we won't know how to remove it without killing them.
3: We have no reason to believe anybody else has any. And we don't know anyone else doesn't. So we're at a standstill. All I know is these things are evil. They're sitting right here. We could be done with them.
1: I'm trying to figure out in in looking at um, Gob's body. Is he dissolved? Is he shat- is he a pile of glass?
0: Oh, and you've you've now seen three people get killed by this, right? Mm-hmm. So. The first one was... Uh, was, um, um, Klaatu. Sorry, it was uh, Klaatu. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So the first one was Klaatu. And the the dagger appeared, killed him, and what ended up happening with that dagger? It ended up uh, with
1: Klaatu. Uh, that was the one that I picked up.
0: Then you managed to attack the, uh, the burglar with it. So, I think it's Albert. And, uh, when you stabbed it into him, it killed him, but then both shattered. Yep. Right? Now, in this case here, uh, you see that, uh, Gobbs is dead and you see the shattered remnants of the glass dagger, uh, before him. Like in, you know, like where his, like near his chest. Uh, so there's there's some differences there. So if you want to you want know, to do like an arcana check to kind of try and understand that. And I'd say roll with advantage on this because you've you've got this kind of baseline of information and that's kind of how you that's how you work, right? Yeah. Is using the kind of empirical method.
1: Uh so thank you for that inspiration. That is an adjusted 20.
0: There is a for for both uh, Klatu and for gobs, they were given instructions to follow and every time you saw them, you know Klatu was saying, "I'm not going to do this." He made a conscious decision to not do something. The dagger appeared and killed him. It's like as if it already knew that it had deviated from course mm-hmm. Now, when the dagger that you used on the burg the same dagger you used on the burglar when it hit him, it was like a bomb going off. It had no direction. It had no, almost like it almost had no purpose. And it had no choice but to destroy and self-destruct and take everything with it that was, I guess that it had you know penetrated or cut. But then you go to Gobbs. Gobbs is slightly different. He's dead but the dagger has broken as well. And so you're thinking about like what Gobs said, that he had to go back and that there was one or two things were gonna happen. Either he was gonna be released from service, which is what uh, the Shameless told him, mm-hmm. or they were gonna give him another assignment. So perhaps what happened here was that he was released from service and the dagger fulfilled its purpose and it destroyed itself so it, there's you know there's a there's a couple of uh thought processes here that's you know about the information you can pull from what you're you're seeing along those lines um, and then like you like you observed before the the two daggers that are that are wrapped up in leather are inert um, they're uh, they're relics i mean they're they're probably you know a few hundred years old but uh, but yeah, they are they are dormant. They don't have the energies that are needed for them to work. I think, and I'll do this out of character
1: just to save us a little bit of time, And I think Sim will detail out the three different ways this thing is killed and that we don't have a full understanding of how this is working. Yes, it ends in death, but it's really important to understand what these things are doing and what the triggers are and how it works. So, should we ever run across one again? Or should I ever run across one? Should the three of us ever run across one? We would know how to deal with it.
0: I don't know, do you guys feel... Because I I feel like, narratively speaking, based on your characters, this this is a... Pretty strong impasse.
1: Sure, I'm happy. I'm happy to drop back in RP. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm applauding you guys for the for the storytelling. This is fantastic. Um, now, for the gaming purpose, it, do we want to kind of, as you're saying, do we want to introduce a bit of chance to see if maybe there's a pers- a room for a persuasion here? Um, would that be something that you guys would be okay with and be able to kind of narratively flow f- flow with, or do you feel there 's just no way that you could be talked into letting these things exist
2: Hal can always be bought
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> all I was saying was i 'm happy to r p this through as well i just wasn't i just
0: didn't know how we wanted to proceed okay. what do you, what do you think what's wh- where's where's grimace's um Where's his his tipping point? I think,
3: I mean, for Grimace, this lands squarely in he's he's a loyal personality type, right? And so his his whole thing here is like he might not have known the bugbears or really the kobolds, but. It's kind of a, well, they're a friend of a friend sort of thing. And I'm loyal to Toby. Sure. Toby's loyal to Lenka. Lenka was loyal to these guys, right? So therefore, mm-hmm. I'm loyal, you know, commutative property. I'm loyal to these guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: right. um, and so I think for him, uh, just to kind of tip the the hand on Grimace's personality a little bit, is he's, he, he has a very simple way of thinking, is these are evil destroy them i don't care right like that's that's just kind of where he lands um which does make this tough i didn't see this coming but this is quite the impasse between no. him and, and no, it, Simeon. this is yeah this is what makes stories
0: uh, good so that's that's fine
3: so yeah I, I mean i think that's that's just it for grimace is he's just like oh no these these things are evil why would we want to keep them around like i don't care what we can learn from them destroy them I have no desire to see them exist. I think they've hurt friends, you know. They've hurt the people that I'm loyal to, therefore, they don't need to be here.
0: Um, <laughs> give me a... a, a uh, Grimace, why don't you give me a history sure. check? I'm going to try something here. And how? I want actually, all three of you, go ahead and give me history checks real quick.
3: Not that ah. we want to mechanically lock this game down yeah. or anything, but...
0: No, no, no. I want to bring uh, some more information in.
3: Fifteen for me.
0: Twenty-one. Two. <laughs> two. A two for the, for the <laughs> lieutenant general. Um, okay. I think, Grimace, you, you, you're, you're thinking back to the conversation you had with Linka when this first began. When this first began. And one of the things that he mentioned as having been stolen was uh, were, were a couple of books that dealt with the um, the care and uh, restoration of ancient relics. Mm. And he uh, he made mention to, uh, um, and this is kind of where uh, uh, Sim comes into play. Um, he made mention um, at the table that he has a, a collection of of magical tomes and, and lore um in, in various places throughout the uh, the city a lot of them were in that apartment um some of them were at a different location they were at a uh, uh another place that was robbed uh, there was a uh, um a uh, shipwrights that was robbed and So I kind of put that out there that, uh, well, you know, Lincoln might have more information for you guys, you know, and that might be something that might kind of drop into your mind Um, as you're thinking about loyalty, you know, the, you're thinking about having to talk to Lincoln about this and it kind of dawns on you that maybe he might have some insights into it. It's possible, but I'll just put that there just to see if that kind of adds anything to the conversation
1: I think Sim all the while is is flipping through the book like as they. they I, I kind of picture in my head we've all gotten in this argument and at some point Sim tried to shrug off Grimace yeah. and walked back to the book and was just kind of continuing to flip through and try to read the bits and pieces that he could
3: yeah, I kinda I kinda think that's where Grimace Lands too is just like, Okay, we're not gonna agree, whatever and it's just like fine sim, do your thing. I think you're being stupid about it, but you know, like there just kinda comes that point where he also realizes you know, yeah. we're not gonna come to an impasse and he I, you know, resists a strong temptation to just take it into his own hands and go and wreck them anyway.
0: What about Hal? What's Hal doing now?
2: I, th- I think he's really trying to weigh how useful continuing to argue about it would be and, and how much of this he really wants to get into. I think he's seen Sim make rash decisions multiple times um, and that makes him uncomfortable in part because it jeopardizes what they're trying to accomplish and puts them at risk, but at the same time because it reminds him of a younger Hal that did so similarly for Ambition. So, and then seeing Gobbs, he's also feeling guilt. So, at this point, he's kind of like at an action speak louder than words moment. So he's just gonna like heft gobs up on his shoulder and start like trudging out of the room, almost like to start like cleaning up and being like, well, you can follow me follow me, or you won't, but I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get, get that bread.
0: <laughs> well, actually I think, if you guys will permit me, we talked about this a little bit before, I think this might be a good moment to um, make a make a change in scenery. We follow uh, right up to the to that archway. We follow Helortheus as uh, as he he hefts gobs and and makes his way towards the doorway, and you know, he looks back once, just with the expectation that you, know, you need to know I'm leaving, and you can come or you cannot you know, not come along. And he turns and continues outward. And we we follow forward with him, but unfortunately as an audience, we don't have the benefit of dark vision. And we move into darkness as the light from the torches in the room leave us behind and the screen goes black. We hear the dripping water um, in the background of the of the sewers. And uh, after a while that stops. Slowly but surely, we start to hear the sounds of murmuring, kind of, uh, just kind of muddled voices in indistinct conversations, and they get a little bit louder. It becomes not quite a cacophony, but it's enough to know that we've changed scenes. And at the bottom, the, uh, the, the traditional glass dagger font comes across and spells out six months later. And the screen rises, uh, the light rises, and we, we start to see where we are. We're in a really big tavern uh, with multiple levels. Uh, there's a, a, a central f- uh, component to this place. It's, it's almost like it's a giant well that uh, leads into darkness. Uh, but we are panning around until we get to the stage, and we see uh, Link of Four Fingers. And he's talking with a group of musicians. And uh, he's uh, giving them some encouragements. You know, we, we just kind of see the body language. He's, he's in a jovial state. It's a face that we haven't seen on him before. Uh, and he, uh, he nods and he gives them some encouragement. Uh, there's a, uh, um, a, a band that we've seen before. Uh, so uh, we, we, we remember back to the beginning of, uh, of the season. And uh, we see a banner in the background of this new, larger stage uh, titled The Reptile Overlords and the uh, the musicians are tuning up and Linka you know gives them one last nod and tells them to start playing Hear a kind of a an oddly fantasy toned and musically uh you know, musically inspired uh song so we we hear this uh, fantasy and medieval mu- instrumented uh piece that we as audience recognizes as uh, journeys uh, don't stop believing pan away from the stage and we see somebody sitting at a, uh, at a large booth. Uh, so which of the, which of the three of you is sitting at the booth right now? Who is the first to arrive? I think Grimace would be pretty easy to uh, appeal
3: to with the offer of a drink. So,
0: so Grimace is, uh, is seated there. He's, uh, he's wearing slightly different clothes, maybe better clothes than we've seen him in before. And uh, he's uh, he's got his old staff is leaned up against the booth uh, next to his seat. And uh, we hear somebody mutter some kind of, like, greeting. And we hear vaguely, Welcome to the Yawning Portal. Find a seat where you like. And we see uh, who's the next person to come in.
2: Hal will be there only because he thought he would be the first one there. Because he likes the power move of having been able to set, like... Scope it out before everybody else, so he's probably right. going to be a little disappointed when he sees that Grimace is there first.
0: So, uh, so yeah, so you spot him from across the uh, across the tavern, and uh, you make your way over, and uh, like you 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 get in. Are, what what kind of garb are you wearing? Is it your same uniform, or has it been mended and looks more resplendent? Or it's been six months, so.
2: You know what? I think. I think he won't have come in his military uniform. I think it'll be in like, nicer Ooh. civilian clothing this time.
0: You make your way deftly through the crowd, uh, weaving your way past uh, gnomes and dwarves and half-orcs and humans, and uh, you arrive at the booth, and uh, you slide into the, to the booth seat uh, opposite of Grimace, and uh, you, know, you both share a glance. And, uh, and then the door comes open again, and uh, the greeting is called out once more. Uh, but this time we don't see anybody. Uh, but the camera pans upward a little bit, looks down, and we see Simeon making his way through. So how does he look as he arrives? Sim's in the same coat.
1: Sim <laughs> really hasn't changed all that much.
0: Does he have the same journal book in this sling, or is it a new one? It's a new one. Uh, he's got
1: a small pencil. Oh uh, in his uh, ear just as normal uh and he's just kind of instead of having his nose down in the book he's gonna be looking around and uh just kind of seeing where everyone is and trying to keep an eye on the room and when he spots them he'll make his way over
0: i think uh I think as you make your way through you you see linka uh, he uh he looks over and gives a wave uh do you return his uh, his greeting yep with with lots of vigor just hands vibrating back and forth like you can barely even yep. see it that's cool and uh so yeah so you make your way to the uh to the booth and you you climb in you know and the music's kind of getting to that kind of crescendo getting to the chorus and uh the you know all three of you are finally seated together and you look at each other kind of sharing this look uh, of events past over the last few months The music kind of goes into that chorus and I think right about the time where it's about finishes that last lyric, everything goes to black and it goes to silence. And the credits start to roll. (laughs) Intense. Wow. That was a intense finale. I was not expecting, (laughs) and I am so glad it happened. Um Yeah, so I you know what? I think the uh I think the awesome thing here is that there's there's a pretty cool uh future that's ahead. So I I'm looking forward to getting into the Dragon Heist and seeing how you guys tear up this sandbox. Uh let's see what <laughs> happens with that. Um so this is uh, this is effectively the end of season 1 of the Glass Dagger. Uh we'll move into season 2 here in uh you know it might be might be a month or two, maybe a little bit more. We might have a couple of interim episodes just to kind of explore a little bit of the space that occurs between season one and season two, you know, maybe have a one off or a one shot or something. But, uh, I think for now, I just want to sit back and revel in the greatness that is this party. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the fun that I've had, just seeing you guys go into your characters and just really explore that narrative. So I want to say first and foremost, thank you. It's been a lot of fun, a lot, a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. I'm I'm super glad and humbled to to have been a part <laughs> of it. So uh, we we bring the season to a close. Um, if uh, if you want to find out a little bit more about Enroads, uh, you can obviously check us out at en dot com. Find us on Facebook at uh, facebook dot com forward slash games door profits. Uh, you can. You can follow my silliness on Twitter at g s p k h e e g a n g s p keegan. G-S-P-K, that'll be in the show notes. It's kind of a weird spelling there. Uh, and uh, of course, let's see, I think we got, actually last time, I think Alan... I'm going to hit you up this time and tell us a little bit about Minmax.
1: You can find us at minmaxpod.com. You can send us email content to uh, minmaxpod at gmail.com. You can send us a voicemail at 773 789 9369. Uh, Keep those under three minutes if you can. Find us on all the socials at Minmaxpod, other than Reddit, where you can find us at Minmaxpodcast. Uh, I'm at Alan H. Mowers on Twitter. Ashley is at D E D E E underscore K and Kyle is at Stainbrook Kyle on the tweets. And oh, on please. behalf of all of us, Jeff, I just want to say thank you. Like this has been amazing and I'm super excited for season two. Like this is gonna be this is a fun party. Even with like this this is definitely illustrating like the differences in characters and I'm loving it. It's definitely
3: a lot of fun. This is gonna be fun. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly
0: all right um one last shout out to uh, sirenscape for the excellent uh, music and ambiance and sound effects uh, greatly appreciate the ability to you know pick up something like this you know put the money in but then be able to use it in such a way that they they allow us to do so um so definitely give them a give them a look if you can they're uh they're, they'll have the link in the show notes below all right this is it end of season one And I will tell you that you too can have the glory of wonderful people like this around the table with you. Uh, So get out there, get your own game, get your group together, roll some dice, and just grow those friendships. Uh, Make them so strong as you guys explore imagination and storytelling. It's such a great way to go. So uh, thank you again for all your support. Thank you again for your listenership. And we hope that uh, we do you proud as Season 2 comes to play. Thanks a lot. A great night.